Hello, and thanks for listening to Behind the Brand, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of some of Australia's most exciting small business success stories. I'm your host, Jen LA, a serial entrepreneur who loves talking all things small business. Each week, I'll sit down with an incredible founder and ask them to share it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, on my mission to find out exactly what it takes to run a successful small business. From startups to scale-ups and international success stories, you'll hear it all right here on Behind the Brand. If you love what you're hearing and want more, find me on Instagram and TikTok at behindthebrand.podcast. Of course, sharing the good vibes is always appreciated. Share this episode on your stories or leave a podcast review. A little bit of love goes a long, long way. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy while I take you behind the brand. everyone. Happy Wednesday and welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Brand. I am so happy to be back with a whole new collection of founder interviews that will see us out until the end of the year. So thank you all for bearing with me over the mid-year break. I hope you learned a ton in the PR Toolkit mini-series and are feeling excited and empowered to take on your small business PR. But I am back with our one-on-one episode, which I know everybody loves. And this week's episode... It's a bit of a full circle moment for me because I've been a listener to this particular podcast and a user of the incredible resources that this brand creates since about 2016 when I had my own product-based business. That brand is Founder and today's guest is, well, the founder of Founder, Nathan Chan. Nathan has some incredible moments in his almost 10-year journey starting and scaling the media and education empire that is founder, including interviewing some of the biggest names in business. But what I really know you will love from this interview is Nathan's advice. I am so excited to launch this second half of the year's Behind the Brand interviews with founder. So let's get straight into it. Nathan Chan, thank you so much for joining me. I am I just said I've had a full circle moment. I remember specifically walking my dog when I first got him in 2016, listening to the Founder Podcast. Here I am sitting in your studio chatting to you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here, Genevieve, and, and thanks for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure and it, uh, yeah, really excited to chat about all things Founder. It's really it's really quite a cool pinch me moment coming around here um, <laughs> six years on. So obviously I'm a big fan of the brand and everything you do, but for people who may not be super familiar with Founder and what you guys have to offer and you as a person, give me your elevator pitch. Yeah, sure thing. So Founder is an online education company that really produces a lot of content, in particular now online courses to mm-hmm. really help people start or grow a business. And we find some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our time and really get them to distill all their lessons learned, all their frameworks, all their experiences, and package that up into online courses or content to really help you start or grow a business. Um, So yeah, that's us in a nutshell. Mm. And some, I'm going to drop some names a bit later on. We don't have that to start with, Mm. but super, super, these 
yeah, you guys will see. I'm going to hook you with that. These names are big, big names that you work with. But before all of this started, so about 2013 founder as an idea? Yep, yep. So I launched the magazine in 2013. I came up with the idea late. I'd say no, mid-2012. Yeah. Mid-2012, yeah. So it's been 10 years now. Well, tell me about Nathan before mid-2012, before Founder was a thing. Yep. What was he up to? So it's really funny. Um, For me, honestly, Founder is the – my greatest achievement Mm -hmm. and the only really big thing I've uh, I've accomplished or achieved in my life up until this point. So – before founder Nathan, uh, never got good grades, just <laughs> kind of scraped through university, high school, um, even was like, you know, struggled to, to get a really great job, mm-hmm. um, even in the career or that, that I was my occupation at that point in time. And, you know, I, I never really had that much ambition, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, Genevieve, like... And my, I never forget, like my parents, they used to joke uh, with family friends and be like, oh, well, look, we don't know what Nathan's going to do with himself, but um, I can always buy, I mean, my dad would say, we can always get him a Jim's mowing franchise. <laughs> that's, that's a hustle. <laughs> well, that's savage. For your, yeah. people to, to, yeah. for your parents to say yeah. that, kind of like joking amongst friends, you know, not to say that's a bad yeah. thing, oh, but God. like, but just the thought that it didn't look up until founder that I was you know, I was, I was going to have a successful career, mm-hmm. like, you know, whether that's working for somebody else mm-hmm. or working for myself. It never looked that way. Yeah. Um, and I never really had that much ambition. Mm-hmm. And I was always kind of just coasting through life, to be honest. And uh, really, for me, I think the big catalyst was how do I find work that I was passionate about? Yeah. Life is too short to not do work that you don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so – yeah, that was me. Like, this is my first business. I've learned every lesson under the book, still learning tons, and I'm just kind of working it as I go along. I wonder if part of that, and I've kind of said this when I've spoken about myself, I never, I was that person, like, I could never stick to anything, mm. and I'd give it a go, and then I didn't like it, and then I'd give it a go, and dad would always be like, you're a gunner, Jen, you're a gunner. You're going to do this, you're going to do that, but you never kind of – and I was looking for something that connected mm-hmm. and I wonder if that's like an entrepreneurial thing, like we're trying to fit into these boxes and nothing resonates and why would you have ambition about something you aren't passionate about? I wonder yeah. if that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, you – look, the way you describe it, yeah, I think there was a bit of that, right? Like I always wanted to do things, mm. right? Like I always said I was going to do this, I was mm-hmm. going to do that. And I used to play – it's easy to play uh, games with your mind mm-hmm. because you can fantasize. Oh, imagine if I do this and then I can do this and then I can do that. But yeah. you actually don't actually do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think for me as well, I think for me, I, I just ha- – I, I just something snapped, mm-hmm. right? I don't – it wasn't like a, a moment. Mm. It wasn't a moment where it's like bang, Nathan's on. It mm-hmm. was more – um, it was just eating away at me that I, for whatever reason, I didn't get fulfillment from the work that I was doing mm-hmm. and I, it, it destroyed me to think that I was going to do this for the rest of my life. And then how old were you kind of around that time, 20s, so early I'm 20s? 30, I'm 35 now, so yep. I must have been 24. 
Yeah. 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 I think that's that time of when people are like, especially all your friends who have gotten jobs that have like gone uni, fed straight into a job. Mm. All my friends that are teachers and nurses and everything, they're all settled. They've got their jobs. They're earning money. I'm here working like three casual jobs, trying to think of a business idea, not sure what to do, right? Mm. Well, it's nice to hear that a lot of people start in that situation. It's not always I had a million dollar idea overnight and here I am. No, it never is. Like honestly – I just fell into all of this, Genevieve. Mm. Like, yeah, I had no idea. Like, I never even thought that this was going to be a big business. At the mm-hmm. very start, it was like, how do I find work that was passionate, I was passionate mm-hmm. about? And then I quickly realized that because this is how Founder started, right? Like, I started hearing stories. Ten years ago, I started hearing stories of people starting these crazy online businesses or online businesses with no skills, experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And this was, I started hearing stories from friends of friends, right? And entrepreneurship was nowhere near as big as it is now. And so I came up with this idea to, to, to produce this digital magazine and I started to interview people to find out how they were doing it. And what I quickly realized were like the gold, these interviews were so incredibly awesome that I had to share them with the world. Pass weren't even that big that no. back then, right? And so... Yeah, I just started sharing them and then I started producing this magazine literally for fun. And yeah, it just kind of took off. And then next thing I know, here we are and, and you know, 10 years later down the track. But it really just started, how do we produce, how do I share these insights, experiences and lessons learned and and really just help people and get give them a great understanding of what the journey of entrepreneurialism looks like and you know, now, now we're still doing that at a much yeah. deeper level. Well, how do you do that? How do you go, okay, here's this gap. People are making money online with these small businesses. Not everyone knows about it. Like you said, entrepreneurship wasn't a thing. There's not unis offering entrepreneurship courses back then like they used, you know, like there is now. How do you even start that? How do you go call a magazine? I'm going to make it in. Was Canva even around? Like how do you even make that? Yeah, so um, I one of the best things I ever did was – I purchased this software that allowed me to publish the magazine on the App Store and Google Play Store. Ah, oh, smart. And what that effectively did was that cost me $2,000 US and I put that on the back of the credit card and I didn't have much money at the time but that forced me to actually just kind of throw my hat over the fence mm-hmm. and get going. Mm. And off the back of that, then I started to go, okay, well, I don't want to waste that money. I need to produce this magazine. And that that software actually had training uh, to, to how to produce it. So then I went out on Upwork. The time mm-hmm. was Elance. Mm-hmm. Went on there and I found a designer. Yeah. And then I went for another designer. And so I couldn't design the magazine myself. That was the only thing that I really outsourced at the start because yeah. I wasn't a designer. No. And now that cost me but it paid returns in the long run because I learned the power of great design and great branding Mm. and how you can get cut through with it. So, um, and I just started, you know, interviewing people, writing the articles myself, getting Mm -hmm. my mum to proofread and copy edit, (laughs) getting my dad to help with some of the tech stuff. And it was just pure, just hustle and ghetto and just like, just seeing what happens. I launched the first edition. We made $5.50 on the first day. First month we made about $80. I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's great. That's a sale. It's great. It's great. (laughs) Like, you know, people are buying a magazine where the person doesn't know anything about business, anything about publishing, editorial design. So I was like, okay, there's something here. But another great thing was I was, you know, it was $2.99 a subscription. Mm. I was like, okay, well, 
I, I, I'm making a promise of yep. a subscription. I've got to keep it. So then off we go. What am I doing for the next edition? And next edition, now we're up to like issue 110 or something. Yeah. Something like, so you were really locked in. Like you're like, yeah. okay, you're paying for 12 months. And that's not really – there's no real hurdle, like a price objection in that, is there? Mm. Three yeah. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. How – how do you even market that to start with though? How are you like, hey, because Instagram world, social media world, completely different back yep. then, right? Yep. I would say like from 2014 onwards, maybe we started to see that Instagram for business kind of push. Yep. But how do you market something back then, a year or two before that, mm. given that like you, in your words, here's someone who doesn't know anything about business or publishing, creating a business publication. Yeah. How do you even be like, hey, I've made this magazine, go read it. Yeah. So um, I think – one key thing that I've always taken away in my journey and any problem that I saw, uh, look that, that we have at Founder and I encourage anyone in the company to think about or friends is whatever problem that you have, there's somebody out there that solved it mm. and it's your job to go out and find that person. And that's a big ethos at Founder. That's like if you want to know TikTok ads, we've gone out and found the best possible person that's running TikTok ads that's mm-hmm. spent millions of dollars and we'll package it up and put in an online program. So the same thing applied for me, right? So I was like, well, I'm going to look at this landscape and who out there is doing well with their digital magazine in the same software as me. And I actually found people that I could learn from. And the first thing that I took from that whole journey was this idea of App Store SEO. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. So there's SEO uh, for, for Google. Right? Um, if you... You know, uh, looking for Forbes magazine, Fortune magazine, Entrepreneur magazine. I worked out a way to make Founder come up. And so that didn't cost me anything. And that's the power of when you launch a product or a service on a platform with buyers. Like Amazon, you know, you stuff people want to start an Am- people a lot of people start an Amazon business because you don't have to use Instagram, you don't have to use paid advertising, just use Amazon's platform yeah. where there's people already yeah, searching shopping. for the product. So that was not too dissimilar with the magazine. So that's what I worked out very quickly is one, who's driving a lot of subscriptions and two, what is the lowest hanging fruit that I can test if people are already looking for this kind of content? Mm. So uh, that's basically what I did. And then I did a couple of other things. I was lucky enough to get an interview with Richard Branson. Okay, so this was – it's like I've sent you the questions. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted to lead into. What was that, issue four or five? In the first four months, I got an interview with Richard Branson and it was issue number eight that we went live with. So how – I know you were about to tell me, but how the hell do you do that? Because I'm not, I'm not calling Virgin being like, hey – behind the brand podcast. I mean, maybe I should. But how do you possibly do that when you're so new to the industry? Well, I think um, one thing I quickly learned was there's a lot of power in having a magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even if it's a fledgling magazine, Mm -hmm. it's a publication. And so I was able to track back uh, Sir Richard Branson's head of PR, sent email, but also called on the phone. (laughs) Takeaways, you need to find the gatekeeper. Another key takeaway is you need to find out what's in it for them. And the key takeaway is you don't always just email and expect a response. No. You have to be relentless. And so um, – PRs have degrees in stalking. Yes, As, as a you PR, go. I would like there, to say yeah. my degree is stalking. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So if you want to get one of your clients on the age, you've got your journos, you know the gatekeepers in the business section, like off you go, back. Yeah, exactly. So 
not too dissimilar if you want to get into Richard Branson. And then I, I pitched and thankfully he said yes. It was a Q&A email interview and then off we go. So I took that edition and I made it free. That was the smartest thing I ever did yeah. uh, because that's what I led with to legitimize the brand, to build credibility. Yeah. So um, that was another thing that really helped me market the market the magazine over time. Because people would think to do the opposite probably, right? People would think, oh, well, I've got Richard Branson. I'm going to put my price up. Yeah. But you've gone hard in the opposite direction. Yeah, because for me in any, any new business, it's all about establishing trust. And I think if anybody was looking at Founder at that point in time, if they're, they're going to find it because they're interested in business and then they're going to look at it and go, okay, well, never heard of this brand or mm-hmm. magazine before because it's new. And then they go, okay, well, why should I care? Mm-hmm. For me, how do I know if I subscribe that they're actually going to keep producing a magazine because I didn't have that many issues at, mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was a, a good move. Um, like, you know, you look at other subscription businesses, they have a free trial, right? Yeah. I gave a free magazine edition, not too dissimilar. When you got the email or had the conversation when they said yes, did you just freak out a little bit though? Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> – I actually don't remember now thinking back on what – that point in time where I was at, what I was doing, I think, I think if I'm, my memory serves me correct, I woke up in the morning and they agreed, and I was just like super pumped. I remember sending the email to a few people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. And then, uh, yeah, just just off to the next one. That is really cool. And do you? F- this is the example, and everyone who listens regularly will know the example I'm about to say. It's – have you seen the movie Never Been Kissed? It's like a 90s movie. You're, you're probably not bang on in the target market. But anyway, basically she's trying to become cool, right? And she's really struggling. She's a new person, a new school, can't be cool. Her brother comes in and he's cool and he tells everyone she's cool. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is – and this is like with publicity and so many things for small business. Sometimes it just takes one person who's cool – and I use cool in inverted commas – with credibility, who's known, who's respected, whatever that one cool looks like in your industry, to say you're cool, to make you cool. So if I'm mm. subscribing, first off, it's free mm. issue – just subscription for very reasonable price as well. It's not like I'm putting up hundreds and hundreds of dollars up front. Mm. And Richard Branson, especially in that in, when we – not that he's not big now. He's, of course, huge. But 2012, 2013, that real peak of that kind of time, mm. I mean, I think it's just like all the checkboxes. Yeah, look, thinking back, but it wasn't that easy. Like, no. And, and I, it took a lot of hard work. And I was working days and nights to get this thing going, right? Yeah. Like, because I was still working in my day yeah, job. Yeah, so you're still working, right? right? Still working my day job. It took me 12 months till I went full time on Founder. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that the takeaway here is is just the level of relentlessness and persistence required and just not taking no for an answer and getting anything up and going. It takes time. Like, I remember um, I asked one of my colleagues, he was a copywriter at the company I worked at. I asked her to write the article and help me with the questions for Sir Richard Branson. And I remember I caught her on the elevator because it was a two-floor building and um, she's like, how's the magazine going? Her name was Lucy. And I said, oh, yeah, look, it's uh, going well, but I, uh, it's just slow going. But I think 
you know, it's going to get there. And she said, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. It's going to pick up. It's going to pick up. It's going to pick up. Mm. It did. Mm. It definitely did. And I, now I even think that to myself these days. Like, you know, we just launched Founder Plus. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's early days. We're, we're trying to re-educate and, and really rebrand the business around being an online education company. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to pick up. It's going to pick up. Yeah. It will, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Nothing oh, – it's not that common that things launch – at their peak. Like yeah. how often does that really happen? You know yeah. what I mean? I wanted to – we talked about Sir Richard Branson and then since then some big names in business. And I've just pulled out – this is going to show my taste in people mm. <laughs> who I've pulled out that you've had on. So you've had – first off, you've had like basically every shark from US Shark Tank. Yep. Let's just pull – you've had the Shark Tank. Yep. Marie Folio, who is yep. like my – Oh, I would cry if I met her. Like yeah, that's where amazing. I'm at. She's in, and that's probably from a comms point of view, right? As a PR, um, Sophia Amoruso, original girl boss, girl boss series based on from Class Pass, Payal, incredible yeah. story. Um, Bobby Brown, yeah. maybe I like that because I used to work in makeup and beauty. Yeah. Um, Emma Greedy, I think that's how you say it. From um, she's working with Skim. She's worked with Good American. So yeah. behind some really yeah, big yeah, brands. Yeah. yeah. Who's been your favourite? Who's your favourite child? Oh, <laughs> it's really tough because I've done like now, I reckon over like 500 interviews. Yeah, easy, right? Well, how many, how many issues have you published? So we've done, I think in the 110, 120 mark now for the magazine editions, but for the podcast episodes, yeah, like I think we're closing in on 500. So, so it's a lot of interviews. Yeah, yeah, and not all of them make the podcast. So, yeah. Oh, that's cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it's really, really, really difficult to say who was my favourite. I, If I could be totally honest with you, because I'm in the day-to-day of running Founder mm-hmm. and then like every Friday morning I've got a couple interviews now like – it's tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to kind of um, get all this gold and then go away and really think about it and then want to unpack it and see how I can apply it to founder. Yeah. It's so fast moving and fast paced. Yeah. Um, look, I can tell you some recent favorites. Okay, let's do that. All what right. are the fresh favorites? All right. So there was one that I did with Scooter Braun. Yeah. So he. Uh, for those not familiar with him, he found Justin Bieber and he rep- still represents him to this mm-hmm. day from a talent perspective. And uh, he also found Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's an incredible entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. what he's done in the in the talent space and then also um, just like as a business owner. Like, But what was amazing about that interview was just his level of openness vulnerability and rawness Mm. and what he's gone through and really just the path that he's been on the past year or so on to just kind of a new 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 pathway to discovering who he is so Mm. it was an incredible interview um i really really enjoyed i did an interview recently with ed mylett um he's like really good friends with tony robbins incredible entrepreneur and uh really big on mindset and motivation but like yeah the way that that guy presents these stories just exceptional um yeah those are a couple that come to mind i really love the interview with emma um, mm-hmm. good american we talked about brand building we talked about uh how to work with talent and also how she finds like these uh incredibly famous people and and creates companies with them how she does that like yeah so so there's been so many it's so hard to say she's a powerhouse brand builder yeah yeah 
We were just touching on as well before. So a lot of what we're describing now is media company, right? Publishing, podcasting, media. But as you've touched on and we kind of will talk about Founder Plus and everything as well, you've made that transition more into an education company, right? Was that always your plan? Because I know obviously you found the gap about telling the stories. Was that always the plan from the early days or was it more kind of something that came up when you listen to your audience and what they wanted and you were able to fill a gap there as well and expand and basically transition into education. So it was a combination really. Yeah. Um, look, when I think of our online course platform and what we're building there with Founder Plus, uh, it's really an extension of the content we're already producing. Yeah. It is effectively premium content, right? Yeah. So let's just say, as an example, uh, we've got an instructor uh, who's going to teach a course on how to come up with your business idea. He founded a, a small company called Square, Borsi. <sighs> small, yeah, yeah, I think maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Jim McKelvey, right? So we yeah. interviewed him for the podcast and, you know, he talked about his whole innovation framework, how he scores his ideas, how he comes up with these incredible ideas. And then basically he's now taking all of that and creating a, an incredible course and, and, and showing us those frameworks and then we can share that with our audience. So it's more step-by-step, step, it's more methodical, it's more framework-driven and really we've always been an education company, it's just a different spin, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we've always been providing uh, incredible resources to mm-hmm. help people start to grow a business. Uh, the only difference now is is we sell all of those res- a lot of those resources yeah. in the form of a course. So um, if you think about it, there's many companies that have a media arm of mm-hmm. their business. We have our media arm and then now we have our online education arm yeah. and that's what we're really focusing on because I think uh, there's just such an incredible opportunity there for us to build founder as a brand but being honestly known more for our courses than we are mm-hmm. for our free content. I totally resonate that as I was saying to you kind of earlier, I've got behind the brand podcast is kind of this media arm of what I do, but then my PR agency is almost mm. where the crux of my business is, right? Yeah. That's where my revenue and everything's coming in from. Yeah. So int- I guess that's actually a really interesting way you frame that, um, that you've always been in education, sharing tips and interviews and advice is education. Yeah, It's just a different format that you're giving that to the customers in now. Yeah. So now like with Founder Plus, it, you know, so how do, the, how do we get into online courses, right? Yeah. Honestly, I wrote – it started with I was growing the magazine, I was starting to build a brand and I, I found Instagram. It was a really strong channel to grow the brand and basically I wrote this blog post and it went semi-viral. The blog post was how to get 10,000 followers in two weeks on Instagram. And I Love that title. Outlayed, Click, yeah. (laughs) I'm clicking that. I outlaid it all in the blog post. It was like a 5,000-word, just really in-depth, really methodical blog post. And all these people start writing to me saying, hey, did you do consulting? I was like, I don't want to do consulting. And they say, okay, well, do you have a course? I was like, oh, no. Uh, And then I did this, uh, you know, before cohorts were cool, cohort-based learning, Mm. did a cohort-based course, Mm. you know, sold sold the – basically a a six-week course live training and um it was awesome and i really enjoyed it and what i quickly realized was that this could be a part of our business and then after doing that for a few months and really building out 
that course, then I realized quickly that, hey, wait a second, what if I got all these incredible people that are on the front covers of our magazine or the people who have interviewed for the podcast to teach as well? That was four or five years ago. And we've just been producing courses ever since. But then what makes Founder Plus so special is we're just going to one product with a with you know an annual subscription eventually we move to a monthly with this all access pass to all of our online courses and we're producing one new course a month and slowly over time we'll build out the platform we'll have like a learning engine we'll ask you a series of questions give you a customized tailored learning journey we have live live workshops happening every single week with all sorts of incredible experts and really we're just creating this really amazing membership product that can really help you on your journey or so, your team. It sounds like it's a, like a vault, like of all everything you can kind of need. Yeah, yeah, 100%, templates, you name it. So like that's kind of where our big focus now is, is like mm-hmm. how do we just go all in on Founder Plus? You be, basically become a one product business where it's not – 23 or 25 different courses mm. it's just literally one product uh and that's that's kind of where we're going now and i'm really excited about that vision around how do we build like one of the largest online business schools in the world and and founder plus is so cost affordable as an alternative to an mba right yeah, i've spend, looked into like, that don't even talk like about you that spend 30 40 50 60 grand on an mba over a three four year period we you spend 1500 bucks a mm-hmm. year plus and like it gets better and better and better and better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how we got into online courses and the education arm of the business. And that's where our focus is now. And I wonder, do you think, maybe this is what I think and I'm going to see if you think the same thing, but the reason that, like that example you just used an MBA versus this kind of online education system that's starting to rise up is that uni it's not traditionally geared towards people like us, people who are listening, people who want to do things outside of the mould. Mm. It's there's a You need to learn from the people who've done it. You know, you need to learn from the people who are passionate about the same thing, who are the disruptors, who want to question the way things are done. And it's going to take someone like Founder, you know, that's you need someone like that to break the mould of that education. Yeah, so we're really trying to democratise entrepreneurial education. So... You know, the unfortunate thing is a lot of online courses out there or a lot of university business degrees, mm-hmm. the people that are teaching haven't actually done it. Oh, don't and even get me started so, on that. So we're, so we're trying to create a platform that has people that have actually done it teaching and really, really, really nailing this product and yep. making it so just incredible that the value you get from it is just insane and it's just going to get better over time like uh, we'll eventually have hundreds of courses on our platform uh you know we're really trying to dial up community there's all sorts of things like we're going to do we're talking about having like an entrepreneurs in residences in the community like successful founders Mm. answering questions like it's yeah amazing awesome so um yeah that's a big focus for us now and, and will be for a long time so what you're saying is sign up now (laughs) (laughs) if you're on the journey we'd love to help support you in any way shape or Mm -hmm. form please check out our free content yeah like we're we're here to help however we can if if founder plus seems like a fit for you we'd love to help you on the journey if not please check out our free stuff as well that's totally fine as well yeah and like i said six years ago is when i started listening to your podcast back in my old food business days before i had a pr agency before any of that Mm. like i'm a fan of the brand so i can attest to it's great like it's 
It's spot on, guys. Nathan's here for a reason. <laughs> what I want to talk a bit as well about learning from people who've done it. Mm. There's a, there is a bit of a – how do I say this? There's a little bit of a trend of people like faux experts. I don't know. What, the, what would you call a faux expert? Like in the industry of people who – are obviously just trying to capitalise on making money mm. and they're not really walking the walk. Mm. How do you how do you kind of vet people? Are you, you to make sure because obviously that's not who you've got on the platform. How are you vetting people and making sure well, they're not one of them? Ideally, to be honest, they're not in the business of creating courses. Okay. Yeah. Right? So you know, like Gerardo, who's, you know, launching a course on TikTok ads next month. He's got an agency and that's his focus. Yep. He's just focusing on running ads for his clients and the results. He's not interested in that's what he does is teaching yeah. courses. Greta, another one of our incredible instructors, mm-hmm. she's got like four, five, six, seven. I can't even keep up with mm-hmm. how many e-commerce businesses mm-hmm. she has. But the point of the story is that's just what she does. She wasn't in the education space. No, she was no. in the doing space. Yeah, correct. Yep. So we're yep. looking for – we vet people – that are doing the thing yep. and ideally they're in the business of doing that thing. And so that's where it's a no-brainer to partner and, and, and teach on our platform because uh, we take care of everything, right? And we're yeah. doing this platform and, you know, I'm, it grows your brand, your personal brand, all sorts of things. So, yes, that, that's how we vet people. Uh, we also uh, look to what they've done, mm. right? Like we're not going to get someone to teach TikTok ads that has only been doing it for a few months. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Looking for people that are really incredible teachers and they really know their stuff and they mm-hmm. have unique views on the world on how to do a certain thing and they have a ton of proof to back it up. Yeah. Um, whether it's for their own businesses or their clients. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how we vet people and I think that's really important. It takes us longer to find the right person, oftentimes, mm. to find the right people. That's really interesting because yeah. I know there's, yeah, people can fall into the trap and I know I'm really speaking about friends and business colleagues that I've seen in the past fall into the trap of signing up for something that the person maybe doesn't know as much as their ads make you think they know, mm. which, you know, you need the backing of someone saying, no, they're legit, this is actually what they can teach you, yeah, right? I also think it's an expectation management thing as well, right, of the level of uh, how sophisticated the content is. So one thing that we want to get into eventually with Founder is like, let's keep using that TikTok ads example. We can have a beginner for TikTok ads course, we can have an intermediate and we can have an advanced. So then people can really start to see, okay, well, then how, this is how I ascend and this is these are the levels, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it can be, you know, it, it can be confusing, right? You see somebody, you see the ads, it's impressive, and then you, you, you already know half the stuff, right? So that's something we're looking into as well is how do we kind of look at uh, not too dissimilar for games, right? A difficulty level. Sign me up for beginner um, because <laughs> I've got like four videos on there. I went through a weekend where I was like, I this I got spare room. I, just, I was like, this this is my TikTok weekend. I'm yeah. going to get on it and I'm going to do this. And I, I was really good for like five TikToks. I was like, yeah. yes, I'm, I've put them up and I've made them. And then it died a slow death. Um, I will, I'll bring it back to life. Um, okay, let's talk about marketing because obviously a lot of what you do is marketing, right? Mm. There is such a difference, and this is one reason I was really keen to chat to you as well. I'd mainly chat to product-based business owners, Mm -hmm. um, 
but essentially you're digital, but mm. you guys do a lot in terms of marketing tips for product based companies, but mm. yourselves, you market a, a digital based company. Yeah. Could you give some advice? Because we would have listeners who are in both spaces. Mm. How would you market these days a digital product versus a physical product? Yeah. So, look, it depends, right? Like, so the cool thing with Founder is, um, you know, our platform has how to start all those kinds of businesses, mm-hmm. whether it's SaaS, whether it's an online course business or a digital product business, whether it's, you know, physical product business, Amazon, e-commerce. So, um, they're, they're two very different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it depends what kind of business though. So if we start with e-commerce, I think, you know, physical products, uh, I, I think it really starts with you've got, you've got to, you, when it, you, you've got to get the product right. Like, like anything, you, you know, digital or physical, you get the product right. Uh, but let's assume you've got the product right mm-hmm. for an e-commerce product, right? Let's just say this healthish water bottle like mm-hmm. product. This is right. Like people yes. buy it every single day. Um, there's a lot of copycats now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And this was the first one. Uh, but really you look at – you. the first thing you do is you look at where other similar type products are being sold and marketed. And then you also look at what your level of risk tolerance is. So like for starting Healthish – the absolute no-brainer was Instagram because it doesn't cost anything except time. Um, so, you know, you look at other water bottle products and, you know, Instagram's a great place. You work with influencers, et cetera, et cetera. So like a B2C type physical product, if, if it were me, the first thing I'd do is I'd look at where uh, similar type products are being sold and how and I'd study mm-hmm. that. And then secondly, I'd start with just one channel. I'd really mm. start with one channel. I think so often people just think, oh, you know, I'll just start with Facebook ads, throw some money at it and it'll win. No, you've got to really just start with one channel. Mm. Maybe it's TikTok organic. Maybe it's Instagram organic. Maybe it's wholesale. I don't know. But you've got to start with one channel and look at how your own individual skill sets can be applied as well. Mm. So for me with Instagram, I'm, I'm, I know a thing or two around that platform, so it's easy I'm not that strong at biz dev, so I'm not going to go the wholesale route. Mm. So that's how I think about, you know, if you want to sell a physical product, look at the competitors, look at people selling similar type products, look at your skill set, and then focus on one channel and just start testing and be relentless with your testing. Um, When it comes to a digital product, once again, look at similar type products in the marketplace. Is it an online course? Is it a SaaS is it a, an online service, online coaching? Is it w- w- whatever it is? Look at look at how that product is being sold, and it also depends on the price point. Price points are interesting things. So, if you want to sell a one thousand dollar course, there needs to be a sales process, as mm. opposed to selling a thirty dollar water bottle. You can send someone straight to the checkout page. Yeah, and they exactly. So, so I think that's another thing to really think about is is what is the product, what is the price point. And what is what is the sales conversation to to show the value, right? I think that's really important as well. So, let's just say I had a SaaS product. Uh, let's just say Founder launches a SaaS product on it's a competitor Shopify. You know, uh, I would the first thing that I'd be thinking about would be if it's you know a B to if it's you know B to B, but like a you know an SMB type B to B product, then I'd be going okay, uh, you know. 
what does SEO look like? What kind of content we can produce? How do we produce a media mm-hmm. arm part of that business? Doing exactly what you're mm-hmm. interview successful e-commerce founders, you know. So it's really, but I start with one channel. Um, and yeah, when it comes to digital or physical, it's just really just looking at what others are doing and, and trying things. That's really good advice. <laughs> I'm making my notes. I'm like customer, competitors, focus, yeah. specialize in one thing. I think that's really tangible advice, especially in terms of focus. Mm. I think it can be so overwhelming. There's so many things you could do. So many, Your list so many of levers. what you could do would never end. Yeah, there's so many levers yeah. and you can only do one at a time. Yeah. Right. Even here, founder, we've got a series of levers, right? But over time, we can scale up more, add new ones, right? Like affiliates could be a great one for us. We haven't really tapped into that, mm. right? But then we've got other levers that we're trying to, yeah, dial up. It's never ending. Yeah, it is never ending. <laughs> you could have a thousand staff members. Yep, you could. How many staff do you have here, actually? Oh, it's close to 50, 55 or so. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Over the past nine years, what do you think in your business journey, what would you say has kind of been your highest high and then on the flip side kind of your lowest low in this journey Mm. oh look there's been a lot of highs and there's been a lot of lows Mm. let's start with the lows Mm -hmm. i think um working with working with people that you become great friends with for a very very long time and the business outgrows them that is that is really tough. Yeah, and hiring friends and yeah. like all that. That's that's really tough to be honest. Uh, so th- so those are some of the lows. Uh, and and having to hold those people to account isn't where it needs to be. Like that's that's tough. That's that's not easy. Um, then highest highs, honestly. Like, I think. One time uh, we had a really good year at Founder. We smashed our targets. Uh, we flew everyone to Thailand. Oh. That was incredible. Oh. All expenses paid trip and oh, it was just an amazing time. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Treating your stuff. It's funny, both of those are kind of staff related. Mm. You're not the first person to answer your loan that way as well. That's a, It's a very delicate balance working with friends or friends being employees but even employees that become friends look at the end of the day businesses are built by people yeah and you know if you you want to build a business you need incredible people and yeah it's a people business so people come people go you know it's tough yeah Mm. yeah (laughs) just very awkward situation i think to have to deal with Mm. now we're just talking before advice you've gotten so much advice in all the interviews you've done yeah and we've you know you've kind of told me you're like you found a fresh favorites you've recently spoken to but in terms of advice and this can be a piece of advice from you or something that's really resonated and stuck with you most of the people listening are early stage entrepreneurs yeah um and hey having come off covid and everything as well like it hasn't been the easiest few years for small Mm. business what advice would you want to share Mm. Ah, look, um, there's one that springs to mind and it came from somebody that uh, his name's Rishi and he founded a company called future.com and it's the largest personal training app in the world. And basically for like a, 
a pretty ridiculously cheap cost. You can get your own personal trainer for like, I think it's like a couple hundred bucks a month. And they speak to you every day. They check in with you. They can do customized meal plans. It's insane. Wow. And what I learned from him was he's a product guy. Okay. And he spent 12 to 24 months just playing around and working with that product, tweaking it, refining it to make it so good that now the selling part becomes easy. And like the service, even me telling you that service mm-hmm. and what its cost is, you're probably just like, how's that even possible? Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's what I'd love to leave people with is, is like when you have a product that is so good, that is just an absolute no-brainer, it's like, it's like unlike anything out there, a product or a service that nobody has ever seen before, you can get serious scale and traction and mm-hmm. I can see it with what he's doing. And I think that's what you've got to take away, right? Like you need an exceptional product that can take the market. That's if you want to Mm. build something of true worth and significance. Mm. And I think the better you build the product, the easier the selling and the marketing is. And uh, yeah, that's, that's probably a really good one. It's, and it's probably relevant to your audience wherever they're at. Does that Mm. mean you need to build a crazy tech product? No, Mm. but it does mean that you have to have an insane offer. That sells itself. That's yep. essentially what we're saying, right? Correct. I like that. Yeah. That's really th- thoughtful advice. I like, <laughs> appreciate that. You're Thank welcome. you. Okay. Well, looking back from 2013 to now, tell me, going back, the benefit of retrospect, all of that, would you go back and do it all over again? Yeah, 110%. Of course I would. The only, uh, tricky part is there'd be so many things that I don't want to tell myself yeah to do differently (laughs) but yeah of course like you know as I said before the highs are high the lows are low but it's it's an incredible journey to Mm. be to to be an entrepreneur to be a founder yeah to create a business to shape a small part of the world as we know it everything we see around us the microphone you're holding the chair I'm sitting in the camera behind you these things are created by people no smarter than you or I and they've shaped the world Mm. and it's it's a crazy journey but it's such an incredibly rewarding one and it's tough. I'm not here to say that building a business is easy. That's why mm. Founder exists because mm-hmm. we're here to help you on that mm-hmm. journey in some way, shape or form. But, um, yeah, no, I wouldn't give it up for the world. Everyone always answers me like I'm crazy to ask that. Like, how dare you ask me that? <laughs> of course I would do it again. <laughs> now, for people who want to know more about you and Founder and everything you're all about, Founder Plus, everything, where can they find you online, on the socials, etc.? Yeah, just go to founder.com. It's founder without the E, so F-O-U-N-D-R.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can you can look me up uh, at me on socials, just Nathan Chan or Nathan H. Chan on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'd uh, love to help you on your journey. Well, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, full circle moment right now. Um, If I'd have told 2016 Jen this before she went bankrupt and did all that stuff, (laughs) that it would be okay and you'd end up here, she'd be a lot less stressed, I would say. So thank you for having me. Great to chat and congratulations on such an incredible company. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Behind the Brand. 
Now, guys, if you loved today's episode, I would love if you would leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. And for your time, I will send you a copy of a press release template that you can use in your small business straight away. So all you need to do is pop onto the Apple Podcasts app, leave a written review, take a screenshot, head over to Instagram and DM it to me over at at behindthebrand.podcast and I will email you your press release template. Sound like a good deal? Talk soon. 